Oh, stop throwing things at me, Carl. Oh, what are you doing? You need that pen. Why are you even throwing it at me? Oh, sorry. I was just monkeying around. Yeah, you'd better be sorry. <laughs> Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Hey, so welcome back to Short and Curly. I'm Carl. And I'm Molly. And today we'll be thinking and talking about you. Well, sort of, anyway. Yep. Should a chimpanzee be treated like you? And when I say you, I mean you, a human child. Molly, let me describe an animal to you, and you tell me what you think it is. Cool. Love this game. Okay. It has an amazing imagination. An incredible ability to play for hours and hours and hours. It understands what it is to love and care for others. And sometimes it likes to cuddle and wrestle and climb on things. Okay, I think I've almost got it. All right, so this creature might also know what it is to feel sad or alone. So what is it? Uh, it's a human kid. Negative. What? What else could it be? It's a chimpanzee. Chimpanzees are doing things no one has seen them do before. The chimps are outsmarting the kids in this particular study. Hey, you monkey-faced chimp. Keep your eyes on the road and quit looking at the camera. Go get the ball that's outdoors. They kiss, they embrace, they hold hands, they pat one another on the back, they swagger, they shake their fist. Chimpanzees care more than humans about peanuts. Right, so chimps are pretty similar to us. Yep, and especially to children. Sometimes they can even actually beat kids in really simple experiments or tests. And just based on our DNA, we're almost exactly the same. 98%, in fact. So we asked some human children at Randwick Public School how different they reckon they are to chimps. I think we're just like a civilised version of chimps, but they might think that towards us. <laughs> chimps are like a very energetic animals, just like kids, how they like love to run around and just play. Where chimps are now, humans were a very, very long time ago. A chimp human, uh, a chimp baby, um, relies on its mother and has its mother to do everything. Same with um, a human child. We also have different appearances, like chimps are more hairy than we are. So we've obviously got a lot in common, but there's no denying that they also get treated pretty differently, Molly. Yeah, I mean, I don't live in a zoo, and I wear clothes, and I went to school, and I have a job. <laughs> but if we've got so much in common, just based on our bodies and how we think or do things... How come chimps get treated differently to humans? What makes us so special? Well, our resident philosopher Matt Beard is here with us to answer that question. It's a really good question. Some people think that it's actually kind of like a form of racism. Some people think that it's called speciesism when humans think that they are better than or deserve special privileges instead of other animals. And the most common example is chimpanzees and higher primates who seem really similar to us in lots of ways, but just because they're not humans, we treat them differently. And it's what's called speciesism. Other people think that 
Chimps are a little bit different in some important ways, and so because of that, they have different rights to what human beings, human children, even human babies would have just by virtue of who they are. Okay, but like, where do these rights come from then? Like, why don't chimpanzees have the right to, say, vote in elections or drive cars if they're similar but not so similar? It's a tricky one, but most people think that rights are somehow connected to our abilities, the things that we're able to do, and the things that we should be allowed to do. So, if we're able to vote in an election, if we have those abilities, and those abilities are important for us to live lives that make us happy and make us feel fulfilled, then we might have a right to do that. But no one thinks that a chimpanzee is really, really feeling the pinch and needs to vote in an election. So we don't think that they have that right. It's also why we don't give kids the right to vote in elections or drive cars. Well, yeah, that was kind of the next question. Even within our species, human kids get treated differently to human adults. Why is that? Don't we all have the same human rights? We do have the same human rights because there are some things that all of us need just by virtue of being human. We all need for other people not to attack us. We all need a certain level of food and shelter and security. So those are all human rights, and all humans have them. But then there are different things called social rights or legal rights that we have, and those will vary based on different abilities. So I'm not. A medical doctor, so I don't have the right to go and do surgery on someone. But someone who has got those qualifications does have that right in our society because it's something that they're capable of doing and something we need them to do. So, so Matt, then what is it that's holding chimpanzees back in terms of their rights? Is it speciesism or is it just a differentiation or something in rights? Maybe it's both. Maybe to some extent we are a little bit speciesist in the way that we look at chimps, and we're very quick to emphasise the points that make us different, but we're overlooking the various ways in which we're the same. But at the same time, we can also recognise through studies and through observation some things that humans seem to be able to do. Not that's totally different, but maybe can do to a more advanced level than chimpanzees. So maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Maybe we're a little bit speciesist, but maybe there is also some basis for that difference. You're listening to Short and Curly. Uh, the classic chimpanzee riding on a Segway, uh, one of my favourite videos on the internet. If you haven't seen it, you have to look at it. It's just hilarious. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's a chimpanzee in overalls riding on a Segway. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with Carl's special interests, uh, with us now is someone with one of the coolest jobs in the world. Lou Grossfeld works with chimps and other apes. Lou, welcome. Hello. Hi, Carl. Hi, Molly. Nice to meet you both. Now, you've actually, you've worked with children as well as a teacher before. Yes, I have. Do you see a lot yep. of similarities? Oh, amazingly so. Um, but it, I guess it's not until they reach around four or five where I really draw some some clear behavioural parallels, you know, that cheekiness and that obnoxiousness and that, you know, watching, I know in um, in the Taronga group, watching these two young 
chimps that were born within six months of each other, starting little fights between the other members of the community and then running off and hiding, you know, and pulling each other's hair or biting or slapping and then, you know, running to mum for help. So the parents have got to come down and have a chat about it. It's, it's amazingly similar. So in the past, there have been attempts to bring chimps into human families to treat yes. them like a brother or a sister or a human child. How did they go? It's a good question. That's happened a lot, um, I, I think, you know, in, in many countries. And I think you go back to what is a chimp, what is a human? You know, chimps are social animals. They live in very large social groups. So there have been a couple of um, situations. There was one in Japan a number of years ago. Um, there was a, a researcher there who was raising a, an infant chimp as a result of mum rejecting that baby. Interesting enough, he um, was a first-time dad and he had a daughter of very similar age. And so it was interesting for him to take this infant chimp home and raise that chimp alongside um, his, his daughter. But... Um, I think he discovered that there was just no way that he could transfer the skills that an infant chimp needed in order to be able to be a chimp. But one of the other things that he was really looking at was also the development of language. And so there has been some other studies done. I think Washoe is a famous chimp, a uh, bonobo, that, um, which is another type of chimp, that had been taught sign language. And so this chimp had this most amazing repertoire of, you know, of using different hand signals and, and so forth. And so it sort of really raised the question, well, could chimps actually be raised in a human environment and taught how to to speak and how to interact and communicate like we do? Mm. And um, there's just those really core fundamental areas of, of development that chimps are missing. Do you think we should treat them less like animals and more like humans? I mean, is that something you're trying to do anyway? I don't think we need to regard them in any other way than than chimpanzees. And it's like, you know, whether or not you're a mouse or you're a dog or you're a chimp or a human, I think that um, we we have the responsibility to respect them for, for who they are and what they are. And well, I would be disappointed to think that, you know, in order for, a chimp, for chimps to survive and to be protected, that we need to put a human perception on it. I mean, does that mean, you know, a mouse or or something else that doesn't have those qualities is any less less valuable or less important. Thanks, Lou. Uh, Lou Grossfeld is a zookeeper at Mogo Zoo. She's been working with primates for about 20 years, uh, and she's the author of a book called Our Primate Family. She even has a tattoo of her favourite chimpanzee on her back. Okay, now it's over to you guys to chat about this one before we dig deeper. Feel free to pause us for a little bit while you talk about this question with your friends or family. Yep, and our question today is, do you think it's okay to treat kids and chimps differently? Hit pause now. Well, we've also been out to Randwick Public School to ask some of the kids there what they thought about this idea of smooshing humans and chimps together in the same homes or even schools. I think if you put a chimp into school, um, it would get as clever as we are. But the only reason they aren't at school is because we can't communicate with them. It's a bit like I'm a celebrity and get me out of here. Like, you're putting them into a situation that they might not necessarily want to be in. They're not really given the choice. 
whereas they can't communicate to us in that certain aspect of intellect. But they, you think, oh, they're dumb, they can't speak English. But if you think in, in a different way, not only can they learn sign language, they can also speak in their own chimpanzee, like their squawks and everything. If you're a human, you're only able to apply like your human knowledge to what you think they mean, but they could mean an entirely different thing. I'm not sure if humans have invented animal speech technology yet, but I think they will, if they haven't invented it yet, I think they will very soon. Um, and that will help us to understand what animals are talking about. But f- even with that technology, wouldn't, we wouldn't understand fully what they are saying. But they did totally invent that technology. It was in that film Up. Carl, for the last time, Up wasn't a documentary. It was an animated fictional film. I'm sorry. Devastated. <laughs> okay, um, look, to help us answer some of those questions that the kids brought up there, uh, we've got Matt Beard from the Ethics Centre in Sydney here, uh, and we've got a few extra curly questions for you, Matt. Uh, first up... Once we know what similarities and differences there are between chimps and humans, how do we decide which are more important than others? And, like, can we we even rank different creatures or people like that? I think we can to an extent, but there's lots of grey areas. For example, we know that a chimpanzee is going to be more highly ranked than a cockroach or then a little bit of bacteria that's sitting on the table or something like that. But there will be tricky things in the middle where we won't be sure who's more important between a cat and a dog, and a lot of it will come down to how... Cats, obviously. Dogs, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I think it's 2-1, Carl. But however it goes... And this highlights the, the interesting point, right? we have to have some objective criteria to rank them on. We can't do it based on which animal we think is the funniest or the cutest or which looks the best on a Segway. There have to be some genuine criteria on which we rank them, and that's going to make it really difficult. Say we were ranking this stuff, how would we be measuring it anyway? Through things like whether a species can talk or figure out logical problems or if it's social? I think the first question we need to ask is whether a creature can feel pain or not, because that's a really important criteria for us, ethically speaking, because if we know whether a creature can feel pain, we know to an extent whether we can make it suffer or not. And if a creature can suffer, that affects the way that we should interact with it. If we know that a creature like a chimpanzee is creative and emotional and social, then we know it would be really harmful to isolate it or to leave it in an empty room where it's going to get bored. So, by understanding what makes a creature suffer, that can start to tell us what we can and can't do to that creature and understand how we can treat other creatures without being speciesist about it. But I can see a bit of a problem here. Like, we're we're the ones as humans making up these criteria and we're kind of judging them by a human perspective. Isn't that a problem as well? It's a big problem. A philosopher named Thomas Nagel once wrote a whole book where he talked about how he couldn't know what it was like to be a bat. And then Batman got really upset with him. But <laughs> the point is, is true. It's hard to take someone else's perspective, and especially when they're an entirely different creature. We can empathise with other people. We can kind of imagine what it would be like to feel embarrassed or to feel ashamed. 
But maybe that's the clue, right? So maybe that allows us to empathise a little bit with creatures that are more similar to us. If chimpanzees get embarrassed in social contexts as well, we know what that feels like and we can kind of empathise with that. Might make it really hard for us to know what it's like to be a jellyfish. And so when we're ranking jellyfish in our criteria of animals, it might be really hard to figure out where they sit. But it will get us some of the way there if we just try to use our imaginations a little bit. Matt Beard, ethicist extraordinaire, thank you once again. Carl, can you imagine what it's like to be a jellyfish? Oh, I can imagine there's lots of floating. <laughs> uh, but look, no, no, I, I find it hard enough to imagine what it's like being a chimp. Really? I wouldn't have thought you'd find that one too hard at all. Look, just because I like throwing pens around every once in a while. But look, anyway, I do wonder whether a chimp could go well at school. Yeah, like if they were brought up from birth in a human household and if everyone around them knew sign language, then who knows? Mm. Okay, so if you've had any great ideas this episode or if there's anything you'd like to share with us, you can get in touch anytime. Our email address is shortandcurly at abc.net.au. Thanks, as always, to our lovely and thoughtful and funny brains trust from Randwick Public School, including Jasmine, Corey, Imogen, Jack, Arian, Claire, Matt and Alfie. And thanks also to you for listening today. To take us out, this tune is from The Jungle Book, sung by King Louie, an ape who wants to be a human. Molly, it's been a pleasure. Ow! Oh, no more car... No, no, no. Ow, no more pens, please, Carl. Take Ow. that, you damn dirty ape. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How many pens do you have in that pencil case? It's you like Mary Poppins' up. bag. All right, take that. Now I'm the king of the swing of the soul, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man, cut, and stroll right into town. And be just like the other men I'm tired of walking around Oh, who be do? I want to be like you I want to walk like you Talk like you